Are you going to tell me about this wine? Oh, it's yeah. Blue, it's yeah. blueberry wine. It is blueberry wine. Uh, so it's been a while since we've recorded. Yes. Uh, we missed an episode even. We, we skipped a week. We sure did. But it's okay because we're back now. Hi, everybody. Uh, so while we were out, my sister got married. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a big deal. A lot of people very excited. Uh, and my sister her wedding was very much exactly what she wanted. So that's, that's what you want out of a wedding is you Mm -hmm. want a wedding to be whatever you want it to be. And one of the things that she and her now husband wanted to do was make stuff for the wedding. And they're not super crafty folks, but one of the things, for example, uh, is that for the rehearsal dinner, Silas, my brother-in-law made the dinner for the rehearsal dinner. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, so he made a bunch of Texas-style chili. Oh. I emphasize Texas-style chili because he is not from Texas, which is kind of fun. Uh, but, like, you know, 90% meat, 10% spices, uh-huh. no beans. Right. Beans don't belong in chili. It's a different thing. It's, yeah, it's not chili. That's what I know chili as, is, like, bean soup. Yeah, it's not that. That's <laughs> that's bean soup. Maybe like some sp- meat in it. Spicy Spicy bean, bean soup. soup. <laughs> Might be the fastest we've ever had an episode title. <laughs> I feel like we've had a title very similar to that. We probably have. We'll yeah. find something else. <laughs> um, we're like made from scratch a big old thing of chili, like enough to feed 20 to 30 people. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Um, including like going so far as to like smoke his own things that needed to be smoked. So like there were smoked onions in there that he smoked himself. Wow. Uh, and stuff like that. And for the reception, Silas made the wine. Hmm. And so he made, I want to say like 200 bottles of wine. What? Yeah, and they've been sitting in my parents' house for like six months at this point. That's a lot of it wine. Is, it is. We had We had more bottles of wine than we had guests at the entire wedding. That's a safe way to provide alcohol. I mean, it's plenty. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, there was, there were, I want to say 130 guests at the reception and 200 bottles of wine. Like, that That sounds about right. And I how mean, many leftover bottles? A bunch! <laughs> <laughs> uh, we did not even use the 130 per one per bottle per guest. Like, that didn't yeah. even happen. Uh, so, coming back from the wedding. Hi, Olive. So, coming back from the wedding, mm-hmm. we got a case of wine. That's incredible. Uh, and so, like, every time we see so- see somebody or go to somebody's house since the wedding, it's like, hey, here's a bottle of wine. <laughs> uh, yeah, there are two types. There's blueberry wine and strawberry wine. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got the blueberry wine and we brought it back. So that nice. was – and it's it's pretty good. Yeah. it's It's got the uh, label on it that's like, you know, K&S, which is Catherine and Silas, mm. established 2017. I don't think it says established 2017 on it. I think it's whatever year it was bottled, which is 2015. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, because Silas That's, makes things. It, it did does he have experience making wines? Before? He's made wine before. Yeah, okay. he's, so he it was not a it was not like I'm going to learn how to make wine and then make wine. And it's good, like it was. An, yeah, it's pretty yeah. good. I mean, you'll you'll try some once we take it out of the freezer and it's down to cellar temp. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a full bodied complex red. It's a little sweet because uh-huh. uh, it's a fruit wine, so those tend to be uh, on the sweeter side. 
Yeah, like blueberry. I don't think I've had a blueberry wine before. Yeah, it doesn't taste like blueberries. Really? Yeah. Not at all? Not really. Hmm. Like the strawberry wine had some strawberry taste to it, but I feel like the blueberry wine just tastes like wine. Interesting. Yeah. It's unlike the um, Leinenkugel's beer that they have that tastes like blueberries. Mm. Leinenkugel, I think that's how you say the, the brewery. I don't know. They have a beer that's really good. Uh, I think it's a wheat ale. Does it have blueberries in it? It doesn't. <laughs> but it they made it taste There's like There's a subtle hint of blueberry mm. in it. You keep looking uh, across towards Olive. Yeah, I'm just checking. You know. And I'm, makes me wonder, like, oh, wait, is she getting out of her no, crate right she now? No, she's staring back at me in the corner of her crate. She just has her, her door. The door is closed but unlocked. Yeah. And she is trapped in her mind inside yeah. her crate. Yeah. And she is, her head is just in the corner looking <laughs> up at us. I think she's probably she's stressed because she can't see me. Yeah. And she's I just mean, like, we could get real weird and switch up which side we're on. I don't think I could handle that. <laughs> no. <laughs> That'd be too weird for Jesse. <laughs> too much. Um, yeah. Okay. So tell me, tell me about the rest of the, the wedding stuff. You had uh, homemade, homemade chili and homemade wine, yeah. but yeah. Uh, I experienced your wedding via your Instagram. I had a great Instagram story. I will let you know. Tons of stuff going on in the Instagram story. You yeah. had various footwears. Yeah. Um, you had some great outfit, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of fun looks. Uh, is that the, is, are your nails the color they were for the wedding? Yes. Is that, yeah, this yeah. Is, so yeah, one of the things we did, uh, so I took off Wednesday through Friday from work and the wedding was on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and basically Sunday was a recovery day cause we, you know, slept in and then drove to Austin and then we're almost recovered, uh, after all of that. So it was mm-hmm. a very busy experience. Um, Wednesday night we had a bachelorette party. Thursday night we went and got our nails done. Uh, we being the, the bridal shower. Party, right. Which bridal included party. you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I was the maid of honor. Um, Amy was in it as a bridesmaid, as well as two other folks, uh, Renee and Lauren, mm-hmm. who I've never spoken about on this podcast before. So, you know. Introduction of new characters. Yeah. Um, no, Lauren was our next door neighbor for ever. Um, yeah. And she was the same age as Kat and I grew up together. And Renee was a really good friend from college, who is actually the reason, maybe not the reason, but like introduced Silas and Catherine. Oh, cool. Um, and like pushed them into dating each other nice. way back when. So that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, so we drove down Wednesday. We got up way too early on Wednesday morning. <laughs> uh, we, we left, we're like on the road at six o'clock in the morning. Gross. To drive to Dallas. That's very early. And I was driving. So Amy's sick. I mean, she's been sick for months now. It's miserable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she's, she has good days. She has bad days, but it's real up and down. We don't know what it is. So I was driving the whole way. And really, we made amazing time driving from Austin to Dallas at 6 a.m. On a Wednesday morning. On a Wednesday morning, morning. yeah. Yeah, because there's no cars. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was the fastest I've ever driven through Temple, because Temple is just so miserable to drive through. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, I was like, wait, did, were we in Temple? <laughs> <laughs> was sort of my reaction to that. So we drove up Wednesday morning, and then... Tuesday was my mother's birthday. So mm. for we had a birthday lunch where we all went to Babe's and got fried chicken and chicken fried steak. Babe's is a DFW staple. Okay. Uh, it, is, it is a home cooking style restaurant. There are two items on the menu, fried chicken and chicken fried steak. <laughs> and so there isn't a menu. <laughs> they come in and say, have you been to Babe's before? And you say, yes. They say, okay, what will you have? 
uh, and you have ch- fried chicken or chicken fried steak. I'm I'm a chicken fried steak guy. Okay. Uh, although their fried chicken is really good as well. Are there like sides accompanying these? There things? are. So okay. you get with this bottomless sides shared family style. So you get a very very basic salad. <laughs> it is lettuce with some dressing on it. Okay. Like nice. iceberg lettuce. Is it like just so that there's something green? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And usually when I'm at Babes, I'll, I'll eat this salad just because I'm not a big salad person in general. But I'm like, for what I'm about to go through, I should eat some salad first. Feels right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's only technically a salad because it is lettuce. <laughs> Wet lettuce. With some dressing on it. And it's like a sweet vinaigrette. So it's like. <laughs> oh, it's not ranch? <laughs> no, it's not ranch. If it was ranch, I don't know if I'd like it as much. Uh, so you eat that. Um... You get tea. I mean, you can, you can, I'm sure, order other things, but... But you get tea. You get tea. Sweet, unsweet, whatever. Mm-hmm. They got both kinds. And then they bring out a tray with whatever you've ordered on it. So the tray is for the whole table, and it is some mix of chicken fried steak and fried chicken. Right. Depending on how many of you ordered what. Uh, and if you order the fried chicken, you get, I think, a half a chicken. So a breast, a thigh, a wing, and a leg. Mm-hmm. Um, all independently fried, maybe more. Like I, there was so much chicken on that tray, it was a little bit surprising. It was, we did four and two, so four of us ordered chicken and two of us ordered chicken fried steak, and then two, like dinner plate sized chicken fried steaks. Wow, that you then put on your plate. In addition to that, they bring out uh, biscuits, mm-hmm. like uh, just you know standard country biscuits, creamed corn, mm-hmm. and mashed potatoes. Okay. And those are your sides. Good. And they're all family styles. They just bring you out a bowl and a spoon, and Mm -hmm. you put whatever you want on your plate. Uh, And if you want more, they bring you more. And gravy. There's gravy for the the biscuits or the mashed potatoes. They also have, for their biscuits, um, honey, which is not that unusual. But they do have sorghum syrup, which is real good. I don't know if I've ever had that. I've never had it outside of a babe's. Interesting. It is a thick, very sweet but kind of not bitter, but like heavy syrup, like thicker than maple syrup. Is it like molasses? It's not. It, it is like molasses in consistency, but not in flavor. Okay. Is it like, is it dark? Yeah. Okay. Real dark. Okay. That's real weird. Yeah. I've never. It's real good on biscuits. Like, I think I've heard of that as like an ingredient mm-hmm. in processed foods. It probably is. Yeah. But never is like, hey, would you like? Here's a like, little dish. Like of you know when you go to Denny's and you get like the little the little pitcher with the with the yeah. lever on it for for syrup. Yeah, it's that, but it's sorghum instead. Like it's that container, and you just pour it on, and it's and it's, it's good? yummy. Nice. That sounds like my kind of restaurant. It is. It is a fantastic restaurant. There is five or six of them now in the Metroplex area. Mm-hmm. Um, the original one is the one we always go to. Uh, there also some of them have like other things on their menu and that makes us feel weird <laughs> she's just laying down because she's like casually laying on her side and just going yeah. <laughs> i'm sure the folks at home can hear it uh so yeah some of them like one of them has like meatloaf hmm. i'm like meatloaf's fine but like it's but it's, it's not it's... babes to me so hmm and you have to kind of pick when you go because it can get very wait timey because it's a very busy restaurant. Is it like an institution? Oh yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Like people got t-shirts and gotcha. They're they're a thing. 
Um, yeah, I so like, is it really good? Like, is the food amazing, or is the food just like, is it like what someone's grandma would make? Yes, for Sunday, it's dinner? what someone's grandma would make. Okay, okay, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we're not talking like Michelin star, like right. It's not like someone like like figured out how to make like the best fried chicken. No, and like make this thing like it's it's just good fried chicken. It's real good fried chicken. Yeah. Well, that does remind me. I watched. Have you ever watched a documentary now? No, I it's haven't. a it's a I'm, IFC show. I know you're not watching shows. But I think I I someone once showed me part of the one that was making fun of Great Gardens. Yeah, that's like the very first episode. Yeah, it was very weird. It's a very weird show. <laughs> like I appreciate it at a very high level. Uh-huh. I don't always like it. <laughs> yeah, um, but they did an episode that was a parody of. Uh, Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Oh, gosh. And it's called Juan Likes Rice and Chicken. <laughs> and it's about this little bitty tiny restaurant in, I want to say Mexico, but I, I'm not 100% sure there, okay. that has like four things on the menu. <laughs> uh, coffee, um, a banana perfectly sliced in half lengthwise, <laughs> some rice with a little bit of butter on it, mm, Okay. and most days, chicken. <laughs> most days yeah um and of course it's about like all of the intricacies of like how to you know how the family's done this been in the family you know the son is the protege and learning how to make rice and chicken the way his dad does and the other son opened his own restaurant yes (laughs) um where you can have whatever you want and it's kind of competing with the legacy yeah oh absolutely like that's i mean it's that's the thing about documentary now is like Point for point, when they do a parody of something, more often than not, it's just the same plot, (laughs) (laughs) but with jokes in it. It's like they mad libs. Yeah, a a little bit. Document, yeah. Um, but yeah, like this is not the one likes rice and chicken of of fried chicken. Mm, Okay. Uh, have you seen Jiro Dreams of Sushi? No, I know the story of it though. I'd like to see it. The story isn't really like the. The the good part is watching like a like beautiful old man hands like yeah make, make the best beautiful, beautiful sushi, sushi like, yeah yeah it's just a nice thing to look at it's the it's like what turned into chef's table yes I, 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 in fact I think it's the same person. I wouldn't be surprised yeah it's just beautifully slow motion camera pans yeah. over delicate food creation yeah. or a guy slides on a banana and half lengthwise I, I really love the idea of like a 15 minute like section of the documentary like going over how like uh someone like starts working in the restaurant and like the only thing they're allowed to do is wash the dishes and then once you uh-huh. work there 10 years you're that's in that's in there once you've worked yeah. there 10 years you're allowed to slice the banana yeah that's exactly <laughs> what it is yeah, and he throws out your bananas if they're not good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and the milk for the coffee cannot be more than thirty minutes old. So, oh, like wow. the, the guy who ends up slicing the bananas also like has to get it, take it from the cow and ride his bicycle to the restaurant. And if he can't get it into the fridge under thirty minutes, he has to do it again. <laughs> like that sort of level of just silly. The the best part. I'm just ruining this the, the whole documentary fake documentary for you right now. But uh, the best part is reason it's, it's most days there's chicken. Mm. is um, he goes to the chicken farm and uh, Juan goes to the chicken farm and picks out the chicken and then the farmer puts the chicken in a pen with him 
and he, he gives himself five minutes to catch the chicken. <laughs> and if he cannot do it, fate has said there will not be chicken on the menu today. Mm. Is it just like one chicken per it's day? Just one chicken. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's a perfect chicken. Because if it's like more than five minutes, there's like too many stress hormones. No, it's the... just it's uh, it's the chicken has has beaten fate. Oh, so it's a real like man versus chicken situation. Yeah. Okay. And his son, who is trying to take over, not trying to take over, but is is destined to take over, perhaps, um, is afraid of chickens. Oh wow, that's gonna be a big problem for him. Yeah. He probably won't ever catch the chicken. It's it's a big problem. I'm trying to imagine a day at this restaurant where there isn't chicken. Because chicken kind of like they they show that like they, they ch- show like these two yuppies who like go through like all of the rigmarole trying to get to the restaurant. You have to like climb a mountain or something. <laughs> I don't know. And they get there, and he hands them the menu, and chicken is crossed off. <laughs> well, it's, it's pollo because it's in Spanish, right? But yeah, the pollo is crossed off. But that kind of like really ties the whole menu together. Yeah, right. Like if you're there to eat chicken, mm-hmm. and then like there's rice on the side because that's like a side. Yeah. And you're going to drink coffee. Okay. That's mm-hmm. a thing you can drink. You get your banana. And then like there's a banana and that's kind of weird. But then if it's like coffee, banana, rice, <laughs> that's a weird menu. <laughs> yeah. No, no chicken. Like is the highlight the rice or the banana? It's probably the banana. Are you supposed to like dip the banana in the coffee? <laughs> no, they're served separately. It's courses. Oh, coffee's a course. Yeah. It's not like the drink accompanying your meal. I don't think so. Okay interesting um do you want to try this wine yeah let's try the wine tell me more about the wedding wedding, (laughs) this has been kevin describes a tv show he saw one time i don't know if you need a corkscrew to open it it's got that kind of knobby bit on the top you can just brute force it oh jesse just said it got cold and hard you can make your own joke there did you ever get a corkscrew after that time when you didn't have a corkscrew okay I just remember on an early episode of this podcast, you talked about not having a corkscrew and that making it very difficult for you to open a bottle of wine. <laughs> Try twisting. It's too cold. Ooh, 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 ooh. This is Kevin Describes Jesse. Jesse broke the cork. <laughs> Jesse has ripped off the top of the cork and is now reaching into the drawer for his corkscrew. You may recall our previous episode. When Jesse did not have a corkscrew and had a very difficult time opening a bottle of wine, but now he's got one. It's uh, it's one of the classic like restaurant waiter styles where you uh, you get the wire. Uh, it's a, I believe it's called a uh, snake screw. I don't remember what that's called. And then you you twist it in, and you turn it, and hopefully you don't break the cork as you're going as Jesse's doing right now. And then you use the, uh, the little metal part to create some leverage on the neck of the bottle. Although there's also a torquing motion against the side of the bottle, which is kind of a difficult thing when you're opening a cork because you're not just pulling straight up. Uh, it sounds like we've had release. Um, Jesse's sniffing the bottle, so I can tell that it's open. Uh, I also want to point out that like the image of Jesse silhouetted against the brightness of his window is pretty cool. Like It looks like something you'd see in an art house movie because you can't quite make out his features against the bright light behind him, but there's two glasses of wine in front of him. or Wine glasses. They're not glasses of wine yet. They will be shortly. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Jesse asked if this would fit in an episode of Chef's Table, and I said 100%. I mean, you heard me say that. I didn't actually say 100%. I said absolutely. So it's even worse. So you got a drip. Jesse's now pouring the wine into the glasses. 
and putting the bottle away after wiping down the side with his only towel. His only kitchen towel. I'm assuming he's got a shower towel. I don't think he runs out here into his kitchen to grab the towel after he's taken a shower. Nope. This one white kitchen towel is the only absorbent material I have in my apartment. Okay. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, no. I think I have at least 15 of these white wow. kitchen towels. What do you need 15 of those for? Um. There is an incredible, like, liberty in being able to just do anything with one of those towels and just throw it in, throw it in the wash. Yeah. And you I just guess. know there's more. There's more. <laughs> you can just throw it in the wash. There's more of them. Don't worry about it. Like, I will not run out by yeah. the time I do laundry again. That's true. So, like, instead of, like, oh, no, like, there's a spill. Let me, like carefully wipe up this mess and like hang it to dry and like nope just like (laughs) slop it up wipe it up i don't care just do whatever i want with that towel throw it in the wash also tied to the benefit of having a washing machine in your apartment which i'm still super jealous of that's right and i i do the um this is a very like i'm a single person who lives in an apartment by themselves behavior mm-hmm. i don't even have like a hamper or laundry you just basket. have a laundry machine i just throw the dirty things straight into the washing machine yeah and then when i feel like i need to you turn on the washing it, machine I just turn it on yeah, it's, yeah. add soap mm-hmm. have you done the thing where your soap bottle is hanging above it so you can just like push a button and it drips out no i do like to use a little cup okay this is what my dad has at, at his house. Uh, it's just it's just like a spigot. Yeah, I have that. And it's kind just of, hanging over the thing, and I so you can literally just thing. push the button and it goes. <laughs> yeah, that's I, good. I, enough. I like to make sure that I can pour it like in a full circle. You know, that's what the washing machine is for. But if you just dump it all <laughs> on one spot, like that, it will never get mixed up in the washing machine. Not through the thirty-minute well, agitation well if you cycle. Pour it in a circle yourself first. <laughs> All right, I want to give this wine a try. You yeah. were doing the thing where I'm you... I'm doing the thing where you hold it up to the light, you swirl it. Should we... I don't know how to drink wine. Put I'm your nose. It? Put your nose in the glass. It smells like blueberry. It Does it? It smells like wine to me. Mm-hmm. I smell a blueberry. I think there's a blueberry in here. Yeah. Well, there's, well, there's one in the bottom of the bottle, so you may have gotten that. <laughs> That's not true. Mm, I forgot to gargle it. Is that a thing? I don't know. Okay. Tastes like wine to me. Yeah, it tastes I mean, like it's wine. good. It's red. Yeah. Purple almost. It is it is a little bit purple. You there is the blueness. Yeah. It's not a purple berry. It's not a purple berry. It's a blueberry. Blueberry. Speaking of blueberries, my favorite podcast came back, which is not related to blueberries at all, but I'll get to it. Um I don't know anything about wine or yeah, how to drink it. I don't either. But if you just gave me this wine, I would not have been able... I would have guessed more likely than not that it wasn't homemade. Yeah. It was a very convoluted sentence. This yeah. wine doesn't... It tastes good. ...say homemade when you drink it. it. Like, it just tastes like wine. Yeah. It tastes like how I think wine should taste. <clears throat> uh, 20, 2015 was a good year. Yeah. <clears throat> it was the only year of this particular vintage. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I shut it down after that. It's limited edition? Yeah, I mean, technically it is a limited edition. <laughs> is that a thing for wines? I've still got like 20 bottles in my apartment. <laughs> um, after, uh, I remember after my wedding, it was much smaller than, mm-hmm. than this one. 
but we still had way too much wine. And yeah. so we did the thing where it was like, hey, if you want to like take a bottle of wine home with you, please do, do it. And then we still ended up with, I think, like 21 or 22 bottles of wine yeah. for ourselves. Yeah. That lasted months. Yeah. Well, we gave one to uh, Catherine, who was watching our cat while we were gone. We're like, here, have a bottle of wine when you leave, because yeah. everybody gets one. Right. Like, you don't need... It's more wine than is like, oh, it's nice to have all this alcohol. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, we have too much. What are wine. we gonna do with all this alcohol? Yeah, so my and that's how my parents were as well because they had mostly four or five cases left. <laughs> Afterwards, and like everybody's taking a case home. Like yeah. we're just everybody's getting some wine. Yeah, just like drive it over to the neighbors yeah. and ask who wants a case of wine. Um, okay, you got to tell me about your favorite podcast that came back. And also... We'll get back to the wedding. The wedding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think I've told you about Ask Mr. Biggs. The name sounds familiar, but I don't um, know what it is. So it is, it is a podcast that I was 100% sure was dead. Like, I I think the last episode came out in maybe 2013. Like, that's how long ago this, is, this existed. Mm-hmm. Um, the original premise of Ask Mr. Biggs was... It was a, a call-and-advice show uh, with Mr. Biggs and his assistant, Roger... And people would call and ask questions like, you know, how does how to make stuff work or how to, you know, fix something or mm-hmm. just to, you know, ask anything. That's just ask Mr. Biggs. He mm-hmm. knows a lot about a little or a little bit about he knows a little bit about a lot. A little bit about most things. And that was a very funny show uh, because not because but and the, the, the thing that I thought was really funny about it was that all of the calls were calls from other call-in radio shows <laughs> that they had written new scripts around and edited to make it seem like they were calling into this fake talk show. <laughs> um, and so they would they would talk about whatever, and they and they would use the this real call to make a new fake show. So no one ever actually called in. No, to- there was not a phone number to call. <laughs> There is an email. Uh, you can email bigscast at gmail.com. Two Gs. Well, really three Gs if you count the one in Gmail. <laughs> um, and, it's, and it's just very funny. And Mr. Biggs is uh, a big, loud grump. Mm-hmm. And Roger is not as smart as he thinks he is, but he's also very soft-spoken and has difficulty like uh, asserting himself and makes a lot of mistakes. And Mr. Biggs yells at him for that. And it's, it's all very funny and silly. Uh, and it was on for, they did like 30 something episodes and mm-hmm. they were all really good. Like I really loved the show and like I would go back and listen to episodes. Like I, like I enjoyed it that much as I would go, I'd go listen to an episode again, particularly cause it ended a long time ago. Not, not even like an official end. It just stopped. Mm-hmm. And while all this wedding stuff was going on, I got a notification from overcast like ask Mr. Big's new episode. And I'm hmm. like, what? What? <laughs> um, and it says like and it was it was just like, hey, trailer for new thing. Like it was the same RSS feed as they've always had. And because I was subscribed to it all that time ago, yeah. it was just like, okay, here's the new thing. Right. Um, and it was just a two minute like the original the, the first thing that came down was just a two minute like music piece where a guy kept going, stick it. <laughs> and the music would play stick it i like that uh yeah it was uh, and look i don't know what this is but it's in this podcast feed i'm very excited it did not sound like mr biggs or roger uh-huh 
Uh, and then the new episode came out a couple days later. Um, and it's a new show they've got starring Mr. Biggs uh, called Stick It, which is all about glue and other adhesives <laughs> and also tape. <laughs> and so if you've got questions about glue or other adhesives and I guess tape or, uh, you know, epoxies, whatever, mm, uh, you can you can write in uh, and they will answer your questions. Uh, so there's no there, it, it seems like they've removed the phone call thing, which is fair because that was probably super difficult. Mm-hmm. But even just getting to hear Mr. Biggs and Roger like argue again was so very exciting for me. That's that's hilarious. And the show's stick it, and it's about tape. Is it and actu- glue? Do they actually talk about adhesives? Yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, they they were answering a question, um, and it got interrupted due to breaking glue news. But um, the question was about like this guy found an old jar of Mod, Pod, Mod Podge, mm. which Mister Biggs keeps calling Hodgepodge, which was very funny. <laughs> it was Mod Podge. Uh, and it was really old and mostly like dried, and was a little bit viscous in the middle, but that was it. Um, and his wife said you could just microwave it and it would come back to its full strength. Hmm. And she told him to write in and tell that to Mr. Biggs and see if she's right. And then so before he answered that question, there was breaking news about um, a statue of Jesus whose hands had been broken off by, by vandals. And so they talked about how to reattach the hands hmm. and what sort of um, epoxy you would use for that. And then went back to the Mod Podge question. What was the statue made out of? Granite. Hmm. You probably need a very specific epoxy for yeah, that. Yeah, well, they talked about that. They talked about, you know, you need something, because granite's fairly porous, so you need something to be able to work with that. Yeah. Um, you got to find the hands, too. You also got to find the Jesus hands, because they hadn't recovered those yet. Gotcha. Um, so we, we he recommended um Is there a way for local to help with that process? No, but he just he gave his advice on like how to find them, like go into their house and like ask okay. if they have any Jesus hands. I was thinking about some kind of like sticky trap. No, that didn't come up. Okay. Um but it's short, it's like twenty minutes long. <laughs> it made me laugh. And I hope they make more. Just the one episode? Yeah, so far. Yeah. Um although I did like it made me extra excited because like a year ago, I just emailed the address uh-huh. and was like, I miss Mr. Biggs. And like, that's all I said. <laughs> uh, but the fact that they have more makes me very excited. I um, I haven't really listened to this show, but this reminds me of, um, there's a podcast, which is confusing. It's confusingly named because it's just a podcast and not a network. But the show is called Beef and Dairy Network. Are, okay. and it's I've a, never heard of this. And it's about the beef and dairy industry yeah but it's it's actually just like a comedy podcast yeah it's just a silly show but it's you know yeah. similar idea they the pretense is that they are giving you all the latest and news do they, and do they actually and, stick to that pretense like are they are they pretty are you, you haven't listened to it i've, I've listened to like one yeah. episode a long time ago but it's yeah. like i know it's really popular and it's on the max fun network so i see stuff about it all yeah. the time I was I was curious if it's like uh, Mabim Bam where they pretend to give advice and then like wander off into a hundred different directions mm. uh i don't I don't think it's quite like that. Yeah, because I appreciate like when you stick to the bit. Right. Like if you really hew close to. I, I think they do talk just about the beef and dairy. That's industry. great. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're I think they're British, so it's like even better. Just you know, two British voices talking about beef yeah. and dairy, but it's also very funny. I can appreciate that. Um. So, so you went to, we drove to Austin. Yeah, so you went drove to, to Dallas. You went to Babe's. We went to Babe's, got some fried chicken and chicken fried steak, yep. and that was real good. You got the chicken fried steak. I did. Okay. That's my favorite. I don't like chicken fried steak. I would have got well, the fried the chicken. Well, the good news is they got fried chicken, yeah, so you got, like you got two options. 
And a whole half of chicken, too. It's a lot. We had a lot of leftover chicken. <laughs> more leftover wine. Yeah, more leftover wine. But <laughs> a lot of leftover chicken. We ate the chicken eventually, too. So that was good. Uh, so that was most of our Wednesday. The rest of our Wednesday was pretty relaxed. That's a lie. We did stuff on Wednesday. I completely forgot. Uh, I remembered, though. So Wednesday afternoon, we went to lunch. Uh, we had to wait for Silas to drive in because he was coming in from Oklahoma City, where mm. they live. And so we got in, we went to Babe's. Um, I did my favorite thing at Babe's, which is there's a magic trick that they have sitting on like the counter at mm-hmm. Babe's. Um, it's a magic coloring book, and there's there's a whole like patter about it, and it you know, you the it looks like it's just a coloring book, and you can flip through it, and then oh no, it's been colored in, and then oh you can erase the colors, and there's it's a thing. I had this as a kid when I was mm. an amateur magician, mm. and like ten to thirteen years old. And one of my favorite things to do at Babes is because I know it's there and it's just sitting on the counter. Like you can buy it, uh, and they've got like three or four of them. Is I can walk up when we're paying for Babes and like do that trick to somebody else, <laughs> and it looks like I just picked up a coloring book. Right. Like it's one of the best like just things to exist right. in a space. Hmm. Um, and so I did that to Silas, which was a lot of fun for me. I don't know if he enjoyed it or not, but I got a <laughs> kick out of it. And that's what entertainment is all about. Yes. Yeah. Entertaining me. Right. Because uh, again, it looks like you just pick up a coloring book and like do this magic trick, right? Because he, had, yeah, he has no idea it's a yeah, it's a trick book. Um, so we did that. We went home. Uh, I think Silas went to go hang out with his family because they were all in town for the wedding. Mm, right. Yeah. And uh, that evening, we had the bachelorette party for Catherine. Uh, I later learned that Silas's uh, groomsmen did not throw him a bachelor party like at all. Was he expecting them to? I don't I don't think so, but like we were hanging out with him after the wedding, like, oh, did y'all do anything for the bachelor party? And their response was like, Oh, we didn't didn't even think of that. <laughs> Which was that was what was surprising. Like if he didn't want a bachelor party, that guy that's fine. But yeah. uh like to not even have it occur to anyone. Yeah, they're like, was Oh, a little yeah, weird. Hmm, that significant tradition. Yeah. And I'm not the guy saying you gotta do whatever is tradition. Like that's not the case. Right. But like Maybe talk about it and decide if you want to do a thing. Yeah, you would expect... Like, it, make a decision one you, way or the other. You would expect it to come up in a yeah, planning meeting. you would think so. Yeah. It didn't. Okay, interesting. Um, and so I'd, I'd planned Catherine's bachelorette party. Um, there was a little bit of confusion over what day it was. Because we had talked about doing it Thursday, the same day we got our nails done. But mm. that would have been a really busy night. Um and so we said, well, let's just do that on Wednesday and we do our nails on Thursday and we'll kind of spread things out a little bit. But apparently some people just didn't read the text message where I said that. And I said, hey, I've booked it for this night, Wednesday. Um, we sorted it out. Like those people included my sister. She's <laughs> 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 so like, is that Thursday? Like, no, it's, it's tonight. It's, we're doing it tonight. Oh, okay, cool. We've solved that. Good. That's funny. Uh, so we did that. And for the bachelorette party, uh, I, w- I wanted to do something that was like fun that wasn't like go to a strip club because mm. I don't know the, what strip clubs are good in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and my sister is also like about to become a pastor. So that would be a little weird. Mm. Not super weird. She's like you can be into that. Yet. Yeah. Well, and it, and I don't think she would mind if like I'd said, we're going to a strip club. Like I think she th- would have thought it was funny. Yeah. She might have been a little uncomfortable. Uh, one of her other bridesmaids would have been super uncomfortable. Mm. Like I know that. Would you have been uncomfortable? No. Oh. I would have been deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> I 
I mean, I, I don't know that I would have been uncomfortable. I'm like the idea of going to a strip club does not make me inherently uncomfortable. Mm, the idea of me being in a strip club and trying to figure out what to do. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> like I would have no idea what to do in a strip club. Like I don't know. And we had, and it had been a long running joke that I was going to get strippers for Catherine's bachelorette party. Yeah. Uh, because that's, that's the joke and that's funny. And so that was be like not going to strip club, but like have strippers come somewhere, like and be at an event. If we're, Bring the know. strip club to you. Yeah, it's much easier. Is there a strip club startup that can like, like Uber, but for strippers? Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> I think it's called Uber. <laughs> like the company Uber. Yeah, probably has a lot of parties with strippers, so they probably, probably know how to do. And that. they use Uber to get them there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could probably do them like TaskRabbit. They'll do anything on there. Yeah, probably. So I need you to come here and take off all your clothes. Uber, but for strippers. Yeah. Uh, so instead of going to a strip club or just like going to a bar and hanging out, because those aren't fun things to do for me, uh, we did a puzzle room. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, that was the reaction everybody else said. It was like, oh, this is cool. It's a good idea. And I'm like, yes, it is. I am good at bachelorette parties. That that seems like a fairly, not like a mildly popular, like alternative bachelor, bachelorette party activity. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a great thing for a bunch of people who, like, maybe are a little drunk. Yeah. To, like, do as a fun group activity. Yeah. We were not a little drunk when we went. We drank afterwards. Okay. But um, but um, we, I, and I, I, I put a lot of research into, like, finding the right one mm-hmm. and reading a bunch of reviews and finding one that was, like, story-driven and not, like, scary, but not, like, too difficult, but you could solve it. Um, and so I found one. There's one in, in Southlake, which is near Grapevine. And you know, booked it ahead of time and we all went and Amy on Amazon prime now bought like bachelorette sashes, nice. bachelorette party. So it was one that said like bridesmaids, mine said maid of honor, Catherine said bride and a little tiara. And so it was all fun. So we got to do that. And then like, are y'all here for some sort of event? <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, sir. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, and so we did that and it was, it was the, the whole thing takes an hour, like from start to finish, uh, but you have an hour to, to do it. Um, and we did, and we escaped with like 13 minutes left, which was pretty good. Nice. Um, yeah, apparently the record is 28 minutes left. Um, and so we did really well, Wow. relatively speaking. Yeah. Um, well, and apparently the, the escape percentage on that room is like 33%. So most people don't even get yeah. out. Yeah. Huh. And that was the highest percentage of any of the rooms at the place we went, because they've got like six or seven different experiences you can go through. And I'm like, well, you know, it's our first one. We'll go easy. Yeah. But we escaped, and I got a sticker, and we took pictures that said escape. And it was it was, it was was very fun. Um, it was very collaborative. Uh, I don't want to go into too many details about, you know, spoilers for it, but um, we did use a couple hints. But in my mind, like, they give you three hints, so you can use those. Like, that's part of the experience. Yeah. Like, it'd be cool if you didn't need them, but, like, they're th- like it, it can be part of the Yeah, game. like, you don't have to feel bad about using a hint. <laughs> right. Um, cause there, there were, there was one thing where it was really not obvious what the next step was. Like you had all the, everything you needed mm-hmm. and there was a point where we got, where like, that just doesn't make sense. Like it, I didn't feel like we were missing something. I feel like there was a, a logical jump that needed to be made Right. that didn't like, even afterwards I go, I don't think that makes sense. Um, right, yeah. Like the story didn't lead you to your next yeah, action at all. I didn't think so. Um, and so that, that we used a hint on that one. Um, and it, I was we're like, Oh, okay, we do this. And then everything else made sense. Right. Right. Um, but it was really fun. It was three different rooms. So, 
um, you escape one room and then you're in another room and you have to get out of that and get to the last room to actually escape. Okay. Um, and the second room, so the door opened from the first one. We figured out how to open it. The door opens and it's a hallway and it's like pitch black. And we found a flashlight earlier. So like, oh, this is good. We have a flashlight. Um, and we thought like we would just have to get to the next room, but the hallway itself was actually the second room. Hmm. And so like we get to the end of it and it's like, oh no, the door is locked. Like had, uh, and it is pitch black. And we've got one flashlight between the five of us. Uh, and so like we, we worked together and we solved it and it was a lot of fun. And like, we were still talking about it then a couple days later, like, Hey, what about this? So that was really cool. Or I like this part. And were you allowed to have your phones with you? No. Okay. You put your phones and like purses and stuff in like lockers ahead yeah, of time. Okay. Um, yeah, that sounds like tons of fun. Had you ever done one before? No, none of us had. I've never done one. And it like, it sounds like such a, like, it sounds so fun to do. Yeah. But it also seems like such a, like a lame activity. <laughs> it seems like the kind of, like, I, I hear lots of people talk about it here in Austin mm -hmm. as like a thing that like cool tech startups do for team building exercises. That is true. That is a thing they do. So you get like a bunch of bros and they yeah. all like go do an escape room. Yes. And they get to bro out and be like tech bros together. Yes. That can and does happen. So like that's like the connotation of it in my mind. Yeah. But then it's also like it's just like playing a fun video game but in it real is. life. And like you have to like solve things and you can just make guesses and try stuff and yeah. see if it works. Um, I remember uh, one of the tech startups that has their employees go do a team building exercises at this thing is where Ellen works mm -hmm. and her team went and did, did an escape room somewhere in the city. Yeah. And she has grown up being obsessed with Nancy drew and the, Oh man, and that's the, gotta be great. And the Nancy drew video games. Yeah. Which are like very, like, very simple rudimentary, just like point and click, solve puzzles, point, point and click, yeah. solve the puzzle video games. Yeah. And like, she just destroyed the that's awesome room. like she was a, like you know you're on a team and you're supposed to work collaboratively yeah. and she's like standing there like i know it, i know i, I can know, just do the I thing know, i know yeah. i know like yeah that's one thing i tried to do going into it because i am someone who plays a lot of games i have experiences with puzzles the and mechanics like of that. puzzle solving yeah. and yeah. yeah and so that's sort of mindset um, and so one of the things I tried to do, and I don't know that I really needed to, but I tried to like make sure that, that everyone was like engaged the whole time and like had something to do and was right. like trying things. Cause like as soon as the puzzle room started, like there was a bookshelf and I'm like hollow book. That's a thing that exists. Hmm. I'm going to go start flipping through the books. And I found a hollow book Nice. and was like, Oh, this is useful. Like this will point us in a direction towards something. Um, where everybody else is still at, like kind of still like trying to like get the grip of like, okay, what are we attempting to do? Like, what is the ultimate goal here? Mm. Um, but like, I, I tried to make sure that everyone's good and I think everyone had fun, which is what I really wanted. Yeah. And, uh, it would be easy to be, I think part of like a good design of this mm -hmm. would be to limit the ability for this to happen. But if you're kind of like not confident or not sure, mm -hmm it would be super easy for you to just kind of like stand back and let everyone else do it and mm -hmm. just like tag along. Oh, and you could absolutely do that. Right. But like, it's like, and it sounds like you were aware of that and wanted to make sure that like everyone had a, had I mean, a task yeah. and was. Part well, of and what's cool, at least the one we went to, there were, 
multiple things that could be done simultaneously. Right. Um, which is good design. So yeah. it's not like everybody is working on this one thing. I mean, in one case, there was an actual puzzle that had to be put together. <laughs> um, and so like one person could work on that, but then everybody else, somebody else could work on this, somebody else could work on this. So you were, you know, it was team building, but you were also able to like go try something and mm. there's nothing stopping you from trying something. Nice. Um, someone discovered a thing in our puzzle room. I'm being super vague here by putting a thing next to another thing and going like, wait a sec. <laughs> <laughs> Just cause they were wandering around with this thing in their hand. Right. Um, so that was like the sort of things that can happen in a well-designed puzzle room. I do think it was pretty well designed. It has lots of good reviews on the internet. Nice. Um, and I was, I was extra picky uh, because so there's a puzzle room here in Austin called Perplexium. Uh, it's one of the two like really good ones. Okay. Um, I don't know what the other one's name is, but I remember Perplexium because I know one of the guys who made it. Hmm. Um, he has since sold it off, but like he started the business um, and designed the puzzles in it. Nice. I think there's three different rooms they've got there. Um, and he came at it from a very interesting perspective that, and again, I haven't played any of the ones in Perplexium, so I don't know this, but I've talked to him a little bit about him which is that he came from the world of LARPing. Okay. And running different LARPs, live action role-playing games, um, and used that to strongly influence his puzzle room design. So there were like, and, and LARPs have puzzles like solve this thing or open this chest or whatever. That's not atypical in LARPing. Um, but he said one of his goals in creating the puzzle rooms that he was working on was to fail interestingly so there's there's most puzzle rooms have like a game master who's who's running things behind the scenes, who can give you hints, who kind of knows what's going on and can mm -hmm. follow along and help you out. Um, and so for the one the perplexium ones, like it's very story driven. Like mm -hmm. there are puzzles and you got to solve things, um, but if you can't complete something, like that's there are repercussions in a story that matter. Nice. And so not escaping does not mean failure. It just means it's a different the story happens conclusion for the story. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, the one we were playing had a story, but not really. Like the the story was tangential to solving the puzzles. Um there was, you know, only in one case was anything related to the story a clue to solving a puzzle. Mm. Like often you would get like a piece of information about the story, and then on the bottom of that there would be a clue to the next puzzle. And so you uncovered the story over time and through solving these things. But knowing the story didn't help you solve the puzzle and vice versa. Yeah. Um, which was fine. Um, and probably way easier to do than trying to trick people into LARPing. <laughs> <laughs> which is what this other guy was trying to do. Like he said that. Yeah. He's like, I made this to trick people into LARPing. Yeah. Yeah, and you do have to trick people into LARPing most of the time. A lot of the, of the time. times, yeah. Because, hey, come do this fun puzzle room is a little bit better of a sell than you want to dress up and hang out in the park. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe for some people. That sounds great. Uh, but yeah, so that's... Um, but yeah, no, so pu the puzzle game was really fun. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I want to do another one. I am confident, though, that I would not want to do one with strangers. Why? Uh because I don't know that I get along with strangers. Do you need to get along with the people you're going to really with? help? 
Okay. So we had a group of five, um, which was, I think, the maximum for this size. They may have gone up to six. Um, and, like, I had called ahead and emailed and said, like, okay, like, if I've got this many people, like, how do I go? How many do I have to reserve? Like, I'll buy extra tickets if I have to to make sure strangers don't show up with me. Because mm-hmm. for a lot of them, you can, you know, you walk in and say, I want to do this puzzle room. And say, cool, we're starting in 20 minutes. And three other people can come in and do the same thing. And you have to work with total strangers. Right. Which makes good business sense. Mm-hmm. But does not make me enjoy the game more. And it's like, if I went to another puzzle room, I would want to, like, go with a group of people I know. Right. And reserve it as as a unit. Is it possible to do by yourself? I'm sure there are ones out there that you can. And and this one, like, there was nothing in this puzzle room that absolutely mandated two people. Other than, like, the time limit, maybe, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. The fact that you had to do a bunch of things simultaneously, like someone solving this puzzle, someone solving this puzzle. You know, we're working on multiple things simultaneously. Right. Do you get it done within an hour? Yeah. But there was nothing that like physically required like person A stand here, person B stand on the opposite side of the room and turn two keys simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could build a puzzle room that required something like that, but the one we experienced did not. My mind is like stuck on the idea of real life portal now. because i'm like what kind of video games would make good puzzle rooms portal would assuming you had a real gravity gun yeah like portals a puzzle room Mm -hmm. but with magical physics yeah well so puzzle rooms are based on a genre of video game right the escape the room game yeah and i've played a bunch of escape the room games yeah back in the good old flash days yeah good old heyday of flash video games on newsgrounds and um albino black sheep yeah i remember i remember playing a couple really really fun escape the room games yeah and very rudimentary flash oh absolutely (laughs) but yeah those those were like led people to creating actual physical puzzle rooms right because you yeah you play this thing on your computer and you're like wow this would be great in real life let's go buy some random house Mm -hmm. in the city and turn it into yeah yeah um What's even funnier than that to me now? So the puzzle rooms exist. They're popular, growing mm. all the time, which is great. Where people playing more games is always my favorite thing. <clears throat> there are now board games that replicate the puzzle room experience. Okay. So you like buy a box and it's got stuff in it. And it's not like physical puzzles, but like there are cards that represent certain things. And you have to use like deductive reasoning to figure out how to get past certain things in it and play through puzzles in a board game still format. So it's a game based on a game based on a game. Have you played one of those? I haven't. Although one, um, I believe one just won the Spiel des Jahres, which is the uh, pretty much the, like the Oscar of board games. Hmm. It's given out uh, every year by some Germans. <laughs> uh, and, and a puzzle room game just won the Spiel this year. Interesting. Yeah. That doesn't sound like fun. Some of them are, some of them aren't. So it, it kind of varies. And some of them have sort of, and this is not a problem, but it is something to be aware of. This thing that once you have solved the game, you can't solve it again. There's, yeah, there's no replayability. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not an inherently bad thing. 
Um, you know, one reviewer I was talk I saw talking about, assuming the game is good. If the game's bad and there's no replayability, you feel like you've wasted all of your money. True. He's like, like the cool thing is like I could take this game and now give it to someone else, and they could have that experience, and then continue passing it around, mm. or I could watch them doing it, which would be really fun to mm -hmm. watch people like struggle to solve things. Mm -hmm. um, but it is sort of like a a limited thing. It's like you're gonna play it once, and that's okay. Yeah. You played. You've played Gone Home. Yeah, yeah. I want like. Game. Yeah, it's a fantastic game. I remember I, I played it like in one sitting late, yeah. like late at night yeah, it when was it was the, raining. Yeah, it was like <laughs> the perfect setting to play it. And um, I remember. In fact. Yeah, I was with Jen at the time, and she played it, mm -hmm. and then I came home, and she was like, "You have to try this game." Yeah, and I was like, "Okay, maybe I'll start it." And, and then, finished it. And then I played the whole thing and she watched me like she enjoyed oh, man, so that much. That would be so cool to watch. Watching me play. Yeah. Like she just sat next to me at my computer and just mm -hmm. watched me play through the game like immediately after she had finished it. Yeah. And, um but imagine I think it would be awesome to for like the Gone Home creators to like Make buy a your room. buy your build <laughs> a replica of the Gone Home house and like have a real life cool. Gone Home like Yeah. Because that's all the game is. You're just walking around a house and discovering stuff. Yeah. You find and tapes and letters. Yeah. Yeah. But doing that in real life would be way cooler. It'd be I real guess cool. maybe, maybe, maybe that's what VR could do. Or like a house. Right. But I mean, like people are all excited about VR and I guess yeah. maybe you could like have some kind of real life portal or real life yeah. gone home. With, with portal, with you would VR. need VR. Well, I mean, give it some time. Yeah, so we make the zero point energy gun. There were top scientists on it. Sorry, zero point energy guns, Half Life. I made the wrong joke. Which one is? It's the gravity gun in Half Life. It's zero point energy. I don't know what the portal gun was called. It's just a portal gun. It had a funny name though. Everything has a funny name with. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you did the. We did the puzzle room. Puzzle room. Had a lot of fun. We beat it uh, with again thirteen, fourteen minutes left. Uh, we found an extra key. We were real proud of that. What did did they know it was there? No. <laughs> so we got out, and the game master was there, and we were talking to him a little bit and talking about like how you know what normal times are and things like that. Just you know, sort of the, the sort of fun you have after that. And I go, oh, by the way, we found this extra key that wasn't for anything because that's one of the things they said at the beginning. Like, hey, if you find something and it doesn't seem to have a purpose yet, it doesn't have a purpose yet. Like, hang on to it. You'll you know, use it. You'll get to yeah. it later. Um, and we found this key in the last room that was not at all necessary to escape the room. And hmm. he kind of looked at it. <laughs> I had to think about it. Um, was it just like, are are these like it obviously looked, prop keys or are no? These just well, like so they keys? they vary. So some of the, sometimes it's just a key. Sometimes it's like a combination that you have to put into a combination lock or things like that. Um, and this one looked like kind of like a locker key. So kind of like real short, mm -hmm. um, or like a bike lock key. Yeah. Um, not like a full size, like house key. Hmm. Um, and we found it under a couch and we're like, Hey, we, we found this extra key. And he was definitely not expecting us to say that. <laughs> that makes me think now a great cruel prank would be to like, have a bunch of like random spare keys yeah. and go to go to a puzzle room and, and just then just like them. hide keys all <laughs> over the place. That would be pretty terrible. <laughs> um, what the best thing he could come up with is that there was 
there was an item earlier in the game that they used to keep locked and you had to find a key to unlock it. Uh, but they kept losing the key. <laughs> <laughs> and so they just kept this thing unlocked because it wasn't it wasn't like a difficult thing. It was like you look on a shelf and there it is and then you right. use it to unlock a thing. Um, and he was just like, I, it might be that key? <laughs> yeah, like they were like, okay, we'll leave it unlocked and then they forgot to take the key out. Well, because the key wasn't next to, the key was two rooms over mm. from the thing that was locked. <laughs> or that used to be locked. I love the I love that idea that you like totally stumped the game master. Yeah, and he's like, what? I was I was real happy with that. What? Huh? What? <laughs> and I held it up and I'm like this one. <laughs> he's like, uh, he's like trying to play it off cool. Like, oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, good. You found the decoy key. Yeah, okay. He was, he was definitely like trying not to seem like we'd stumped him. <laughs> he, he just took it and like put it on top of the lockers. <laughs> so yeah, that one was cool because we thought it was a key that we locked that we hadn't unlocked yet. And it didn't work. And we're like, well, and yeah, so you're like hanging on to it and like trying it every time yeah. you like come to a new lock and yeah. you're like, oh, it's not that one. What the heck? Yeah. And, um, you know, they made it very clear, like nothing in this puzzle requires excessive force. You don't have to force <laughs> anything. If something is resisting, don't force it. Yep. You don't need to do that. You don't need to do that to solve this puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, we did find something that had had excessive force applied to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> one of the doors was i mean they're just like the the hollow core doors one of the doors had like been kicked wow (laughs) someone have like a panic attack i don't know well so the thing is you're never really locked in the room right there is at the the door you come in there's a big red button and say if you need to leave at any time push the button the door will open Mm -hmm. you can't come back in but that's okay or maybe you even can come back in i don't know but like, if, like you're not actually locked in. So like if you have an anxiety attack or something like that, you can always get out. Yeah. Uh, but not, not necessary for us. But yeah. somebody had kicked a door uh, and it... And, of course they did. Well, and one of the people in our group thought like it might have been a clue. And I'm like, no, that's... I'm pretty sure somebody just kicked <laughs> that door. Someone just got mad. Yeah. Oh, man, that's good. So what else happened in the bachelorette party? Uh, so bachelorette party, we went home. Um, we I don't have any cake. We had dinner. We must have eaten something. Oh, we made a we made a dish in my mom's pressure cooker. <gasps> nice. She's got an instant pot, mm. and we made a, a meatball dish, meatballs and pasta. I hear a lot of good things about those instant pots. It was nice. Um, I couldn't get it to work right, so there was some guesswork involved in like when things were done. Mm. Uh, which made me a little mad because if I was using just like a stovetop pressure cooker, I say having never used a stovetop pressure cooker, I could like know when things were, like I know when it's at pressure and then set a timer myself rather than letting the instant pots auto whatever figure it out. Right. So like I wanted I wanted the control of it. Mm-hmm. And instant pot was like, no, I got it. <laughs> and you're like, do you? Are you and sure? It, it didn't because I didn't program it right. I didn't push the right buttons. And so I was like, ah, because it's supposed to, if you, you set a timer on it, you say you need to cook this thing for 15 minutes. You set a timer and turn it on, and the timer only starts when it gets to pressure. Because that's mm. what you're actually timing. Mm-hmm. But I didn't set the timer right, so I'm like, I don't know how long this has been cooking. Because I went upstairs and was working on something else, assuming the Instant Pot would take care of me. And it didn't. And the pasta came out a hair overdone because of that. Uh, but it was fine. It was still good. 
It's only your wedding. doesn't matter. Yeah, it was a bachelorette party. It was fine. Yeah, whatever. Uh, then we drank some wine um, and hang out. And I gave um, Catherine my gift, which she absolutely loved. What was it? Uh, well, it wasn't, it wasn't like a like wedding gift. It was a bachelorette party gift, which is I had gone to Lowe's before coming down to, Aust- or coming down to Dallas and bought a pair of wire strippers and a can of paint stripper. Kevin. <laughs> and put them in a little gift bag. <laughs> and Catherine opened it and it, she took a second and then she just bust out <laughs> laughing. I'm real proud of that joke. Oh my God. Because I told her I'd have strippers at her wedding. Mm-hmm. Or at her bachelorette party. And you did. Yeah. You came through. I was real happy with are that. Are there joke. other kinds of strippers? Those are the only two I could think of, but I, I could say, like, hey, at least you got both kinds. <laughs> 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 there's only two genders there's only two strippers <laughs> wire wire and paint, and paint. <laughs> so yeah so i was i was real 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 proud of that joke that's very funny it made me laugh a lot i'm gonna try to think of other kinds of strippers this is the kind that take their clothes off for money mm, okay okay yeah also um i'm gonna jump ahead a little bit in the story so i had to give a bachelorette not a bachelorette a, a uh, made of honor toast at mm-hmm, the wedding, mm-hmm. um, which like I was super stressing out about and shouldn't have been, but that's what you do. Yeah. Um, but I, I was real happy because I was, a, I was able to like, and you know, I talked for like a minute tops, but, um, you know, I said, you know, yeah, I could tell lots of stories about Catherine, about how you know, the time she won the police explorer competition, she got first place after, you know, being up all night at prom, like getting zero sleep and just running out of five hour energy. I could tell the story about the strippers, the bachelorette party, <laughs> and, 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 and just kept on going. Um, and Catherine found that very funny. I don't know what Silas's family thought. Yeah, there, I'm sure there were some like not super familiar aunts and uncles who yeah. were like... Well, because nobody had like been told this joke. It was like two days later, three days later. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was a really funny joke to make at the... At the reception. That's good. I hope she has to like explain that to someone. I hope so. Yeah. And then she would and she would think it was funny. But um, just the ability to like be in front of like all of our combined families and friends and mention the strippers I brought to Catherine's bachelorette party was was an opportunity I could not pass up. Telling the truth. Yeah. There were strippers at the party. Silas knew about them. Which I, I think I said in the in the speech as well. <laughs> it's a, it's important to yeah. have open and honest communication in yeah. a marriage. <laughs> you can't you know you can't leave things out. No. But yeah, there are definitely members of my family and his family that think we just had strippers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Oh my god. Um, so yeah, so we hung out the rest of the night. Um, I mean, we called it at like ten o'clock. We were not. Out late. Again, Amy and I had been up very early in the morning to drive to oh, Dallas that right. day. Um, and everyone else went home relatively quickly. But, you know, sharing fun stories about each other and silly things. You know, bachelorette party talk, girl talk. Right. And that was all very fun. Um, I'm also real proud that Amy was able to make it that whole time because she gets exhausted very quickly. Um, we, yeah, she survived the the whole ordeal. Yeah, yeah, she did, uh, which was not 100 percent guaranteed. Like we weren't sure. Right. Um, like she had to sit down throughout the wedding, mm. um, which we kind of knew going into because she just can't stand up for an hour and a half. And like, 
that whole thing, like that whole week or week, like long weekend, is exhausting for a like fully healthy, oh, absolutely, person. Yeah, like, and and Amy is not that right now. Yeah, like I attended a wedding as just a guest mm-hmm. a couple months ago, and, and it's it exhausting. Was, I felt like I did a lot of work. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, um, and everyone was very was very you know nice to Amy about like, hey, if you need anything, just let us know. You know, if you need to sit down, it's cool. Right. We're, we make it work. And they made it through the whole thing very well. Uh, we had to go to the hospital on Friday of this week, but that's unrelated. But it's related, but not due to the wedding. Right. <laughs> uh, so that was Wednesday. Thursday was relatively uneventful. So most of the day was just sitting around the house, mm-hmm. uh, which was good. Um, and we went and got our nails done. So the bridal party went to mm-hmm. uh, nail salon. We all did the gels. Um, so they stay on really well. Yeah, those look good for... Yeah, they're two weeks old now. Yeah. And I'd never had the gels before, and they are definitely solid. Uh, the one weird thing is just because of, uh, yeah, I think the way they are, is it's a little bit, of, there's a little bit of fringe at the bottom of it and kind of on the edge, mm-hmm. which is fine 100% of the time. Except when I run my hair, my, my fingers through my hair, like they get caught on those little pieces of fringe when I like pull out. <laughs> uh, and it's really mildly annoying. It's the price you pay. Yeah. Yeah, it's just what it what it costs to be beautiful. Your nails are your actual nails are going to be like real weird when those gels come off, right? I don't know. I've, I mean, I've never done it. I don't. I don't know. Everyone at the uh, nail salon said I had really nice cuticles. Good for you. Yeah, I don't think they'd say that about me. I I don't entirely know what my cuticles are, <laughs> but uh, I'm glad I've got nice ones. <laughs> Everything about my like cosmetic yeah. health is extremely mediocre. Yeah, no, I got a I got a ton of compliments over this weekend between my nails um, and my cuticles at the nail salon. I got a blowout on Saturday, and everyone was like loved my hair. Mm. Um, both at the salon where I got the blowout, and then like at the wedding, people were like complimenting because I had my hair down the whole time. Yeah, when uh, people were like, "I'm so jealous of your hair, like it's so nice," and I'm like, "Wow, that that makes me feel good. It's awesome." because uh, I don't do much to it. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, yeah. So when you go get like a thing done yeah. to your hair, it's gonna make it extraordinary. Yeah. But apparently, I have very thick, very soft, and very healthy hair, according to the uh, the person who was doing my hair at the salon. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. Um, I'm skipping ahead. Thursday nails. Yes. Uh, so we got our nails done. Mani pedis. So my toenails were also done, as you noticed earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, the color is not as dark as I wanted, but like I. I'm happy with it overall. Like I wanted a little bit darker of a purple because okay. purple was the, one of the colors. So I had purple socks. I had a purple um, vest, purple pocket mm-hmm. square. All the bridesmaids were in purple dresses. So it was all, you know, and the, and the bouquets all had purple flowers in them. Okay. That was all part of the theme. Although you're not required to get purple nails. Amy got Amy got sort of a champagne color for hers because Catherine was like, do whatever you want. Like, I'm not trying to make this stressful. Right. Do whatever you want to your nails. Yeah. Hyper coordination is not, not the goal. necessary. Fun fact, all of the bridesmaids, other than myself, ended up buying the same dress. By accident? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, yes. Sorry. By accident was the... Yeah. I thought you said on purpose. Yes, by accident. <laughs> sort of accident. Um, so the, the color was selected. We went to David's Bridal and said, we need a dress in this color. And they said, okay, here are your three choices. And everyone picked everyone the, picked the same, same one of the three. Yeah. Nice. That's how you know you picked the right set of people. I guess, yeah. To be the bridal party. 
Uh, so yeah, we all we all did our nails. We went to Torky's Tacos afterwards because it was right next door to the nail salon. So that was great. Uh, and then Friday was the rehearsal. And chili. And chili. So the rehearsal dinner. So the rehearsal was very fun in a not always very fun sort of way. <laughs> um, so lots of little just silly things. So one of the things that was very important to Catherine, uh, who is a feminist, was that she was not being given away by her father. Okay. She loves her father. She loves her mother. Mm-hmm. She is not property to be bought, sold, or traded. But what if there's goats in the situation? <laughs> there were no goats. Okay, okay. Um, and so as part of the ceremony, again, what Catherine wanted, uh, Silas walks, so bridal party comes in, paired off. So, you know, two and two and two. So brides and groom, groom party, whatever the, the groomsmen groom? are called. Groomsmen? Yeah. Um, so we all come down. Silas comes down with his parents, hugs them, stands at his spot. Catherine comes down with her parents, hugs them, stands at her spot. Parents go sit down. Mm-hmm. Like that's very straightforward. Yeah. And so we had, we kind of had a couple of wedding coordinators, which was a little bit of a difficult thing. Mm. So we had, we had a day of coordinator whose name was Lisa and she was amazing. Like, and I'm pretty sure she did this for free, which is outrageous. And she's like a C-level like employer employee of like a significant business and like runs things wow and she's like Catherine, my gift to you is i'm gonna run your wedding i'm your day of coordinator nice which was awesome she was amazing uh i i cannot thank her enough for how much she did we saw her while she was getting her nails done when we were getting our nails done we're like, hey, it's Lisa. <laughs> um, but we also had a church coordinator because we, we were at the church and the church has someone who is the church coordinator for the church stuff right um and she had previously been a coordinator at a church that had a uh, pastor who did not even show up to the rehearsal wedding or to the rehearsals. Um, and so she was very used to running everything at the rehearsal mm-hmm. um, and still kind of tried to do that. Mm. And Nick, the pastor um, knew that she was trying to do things that Catherine didn't want. And so it was very supportive of Catherine and being like, let's do what the bride wants. Um, and one of the things was like, as, as we were doing, you know, the down the aisle stuff, like Catherine gets to the end. And so she comes in, not, not Catherine, the, the coordinator comes in and says, okay, now your dad grabs your hands and hands it. and Catherine's like, nope, yeah, <laughs> that is not what we're doing. <laughs> you are not, he is not giving my hand away. He's not giving me away. I'm going to hug him and they're going to sit down. <laughs> yep. Um, and so there were a few things like that, that were. Not difficult, but funny to me of like, we miscommunications here, yeah. little things like that. And I was just like, what does the bride want? Don't care about tradition. If she's in line with tradition, cool. If she's not, cool. This right. Is what, this is what she wants to do. The tradition part doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. And how things should be done doesn't matter. This right. is what we're doing because this is what we're doing. Um, and that got sorted out and it was fine. <laughs> but it was amusing to me in the process of it. Um, dog update. Olive has discovered she can leave her crate. Yeah. And she is visiting us and Kevin is petting her and she was just licking Kevin's shorts. She was licking my shorts. She sniffed my butt a minute ago. Yeah. I mean, she's a dog. So no surprise there. Dogs love butts. Yeah. Who can blame them? Yeah. Butts are great. Yeah. Isn't that right, Olive? Her butt's great. <laughs> uh, so that was the rehearsal dinner or the rehearsal. Let me do the rehearsal dinner. 
which was very fun. Uh, we did not stay very long. Sammy was not feeling well, so I took her home. Yeah. But we got some real good chili. Uh, that was good. And I, I'm still shocked that Silas made that much chili for that many people. <laughs> yeah, he put a lot of work into the chili and wine. Like, those are significant yeah, yeah, quantities. Yeah, this is not an easy thing to do for small groups, let alone big groups. At least there weren't, like, cases of chili left. I don't know how much chili was left. There was definitely chili left. When when my sister got married, yeah. um, the all the food was, like, all homemade. It, mm-hmm. was, it was a very small wedding. And so, like, my mom... Like each sub family of the larger family all like made a big batch of a soup. Oh, cool! And so like there was all these soups. It Lots was a, of soups. It was a fall wedding, and it was outside, so it was all these like nice, like hearty, warm yeah. soups as the main thing. And any we, any bean soup? Mm, like it's almost chili, but not. Is pumpkin a bean? No. Okay, no, no bean soups. Cool. Um, and we had like stock pots full of frozen soup for months <laughs> like we had a we had all like the soup a, you can handle yeah, we had like a freezer in our garage yeah and we just had it filled, filled with soup soup for so long oh man which is great like you literally go like chip off some soup <laughs> like an ice pick like a big metal spoon i, I don't know okay. like or it's like, or you like bring in the stock pot and it's like, well, like which soup do we want this week? And yeah, you like leave it like warm one. on the stove. I mean, soup ages well. So that's important. Yeah. And you can just freeze it forever. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's really fun. Yeah. So rehearsal dinner was fun. Um, rehearsal was a rehearsal. It was fine. Um, and Saturday was the wedding and it was, it is all still a bit of a blur. Yeah. Uh, cause I got, I went and got a blowout that morning. So I got my, I think it was at 11. By the time I got done with that, it was basically time to go to the church. Mm-hmm. And I went to the church and I felt like we were there for, oh, that was, <laughs> this is fun. So Lisa, our day of coordinator brings her husband in his truck to get all of the wine to the reception. Cause it was my parents' living room. Nice. And we had wine and glasses we bought, we bought, we rented 300 glasses for 130 people. We only took 200 because it was not necessary to take the rest. Sure. Um, and so Lisa brought all that. It's now about one o'clock and we, and I'm like, we need to get food. We need to eat something because the wedding is at five. Right. You're not going to eat. We until... have to be at the church at two. Um, and so Amy and Renee, one of the other bridesmaids, go to Taco Bueno and buy big box of tacos. Yes. Um, and they bring that, and so we eat that, and we took those with us to the church as well, so we're eating them in the bridal suite, eating tacos over our fancy clothes, <laughs> just you know, leaning over. <laughs> yeah. Um, which was such a good idea, because I would have been real hungry if we hadn't had those. Mm. Uh, we didn't have any drinks, though, which I felt bad about. I'm like, oh, we should have had, like... Like at least some water or like a bottle of champagne would have made sense, but we didn't, and it's oh. fine. We, there was plenty of wine. There's plenty of wine, but that was the reception. Reception <laughs> is a different location. Um, yeah, and so all of that was happening, and we got to get, get all of you know, get your tux. Oh, tux story. So my final, we I went in for my final fitting on Thursday for my tux. Is this a rental, Dave? You know, men's warehouse. Yeah. Okay. Um. My tux doesn't fit. Pants are way too big. Of course not. 
Um, jacket sleeves were too short. My dad's tux didn't fit. His pants were too long. And this is Thursday, and the wedding is on Saturday. And they said, okay, we got this. It's not a problem. Like, the men's warehouse was very, like, nonplussed by this. Okay. Like, okay, we're going to extend your arms. We're going to cut his legs, and I'm going to order you a new pair of pants. And they'll be here tomorrow afternoon, noon on Saturday at the latest. So, theoretically, with enough time. And they came in with enough time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the pants were definitely smaller. Still too big. <laughs> On Friday... I think that's a men's warehouse thing. I was so mad. Because basically the entire wedding, my pants were about to fall off. Oh, like way too big? Like in, even the in the waist? Yeah. Oh, God. And they have that adjustable side strap. Yeah, the little cinch. And I'd made it as tight as it possibly could be, and it's still like... Did you have suspenders? No. Yeah. And no belt, because it's tux pants. Right. Suspenders would have been great. Yeah, that would have helped. Um, no, I just spent the whole day with my pants about to fall off. Uh, but it was fine. We wore it. We took it back. Shoes were too small. My dad and I both have very big feet. Ouch. And so we, we had backup shoes. Your, uh, you switched into your Birkenstocks. Yes. Fairly quickly, didn't you? Immediately after the ceremony. <laughs> like, so I wore, I wore the shoes for as little as I possibly could. And then wore Birkenstocks the rest of the time. <laughs> so like, from minutes before I had to walk into the church... Two minutes after I walked out of the church is how mm. long I wore those. Yeah, like there's a... And I should point out, we walked into the church as the ceremony started. The bridal suite was in a different building. Okay. So it was like last possible second. There's a... But that is such like... I guess even maybe more just lately, like seems like such an acceptable thing. Like everyone knows like you're going to be all like made up and like mm-hmm. just so proper and nice yeah. for the ceremony. And then... All bets are off for the reception. You Absolutely. Can do, you can do whatever you want for the reception. Absolutely. Like, even the wedding I attended recently yeah. for Miranda, mm-hmm. um, she had on, like, just, you know, a very beautiful, but very, like... Elegant. Yeah, just like a wedding dress, yeah. right? Like a big, grand wedding dress. Yeah. And when she rolled in for the reception, she, like, the skirt of her wedding dress was gone and the whole thing had transformed itself into this like incredible like mm-hmm. white jumpsuit oh wow and it and like she looked killer but like ha- right like she was like free and loose oh yeah and, like yeah wasn't confined by this incredible like giant heavy dress yeah well and- Catherine's dress had a had a train on it that converted into a bustle Okay. Um, so she could have the train for the ceremony and then, like, be able to, like, walk around <laughs> Without afterwards. attendance yeah. holding up. Um, that was one of my the things. I th- I'm pretty sure I posted that one on Instagram. It was everybody, like, under the dress, like, putting things on. <laughs> and I said, every day I'm bustling. Yes. It made me laugh. Um, while we were trying to put the bustle together. Uh, but, yeah, no, we were very much relaxed. Uh, we had barbecue at the reception. Oh. <sighs> So best good. best wedding meal. So good. I, I did. I've been to a barbecue buffet. It's the best reception. It's incredible. There's nothing better. Um, our DJ was real smart. So uh, I'm, I'm sure he's a great DJ, and he picked good songs and whatever. And you apparently you have a must list and a not list at weddings. Like if you're ta- working with a DJ, so songs you okay. have to play, songs you should not play. That makes sense. And you can have like a, a maximum number of like must songs. You can have as many do not plays as you want. Um, and I think 
I don't remember. My Catherine picked like an artist, like a rapper, and was just like none of his. Is there like a is there like a bald white rapper? Eminem. I want to say Moby, but Moby's not a rapper. No, he's not a rapper. Pitbull. Pitbull. <laughs> yeah, Pitbull is just hundred percent no Pitbull. I don't know if he's a rapper, but maybe he's not. He would belong on a hundred percent no for yeah, a wedding list. Every single one of his songs was on the no list, uh, which was pretty funny. Um, so so we didn't do the full bridal party introductions at the reception. Mm. They're like just walk in, go do whatever you want. But we did do an introducing, you know, the bride and groom. Mm-hmm. Um, not Mr. and Mrs. Saunders or Mr. and Mrs. Allen, because that's not their names. Catherine is hyphenating her last name. He's keeping his last name. Oh, yeah? They don't have the same last name. Cool. It's fine. Nobody cares. I mean, are, people probably care. Are there people who care? Absolutely, there are people who care. Nobody in the immediate family cares. Right. <laughs> um, although I did want uh, Nick, the pastor, to say, now presenting Mr. and Mrs. Silas and Catherine, Alan Saunders Allen. Because <laughs> that just made me laugh. <laughs> but, uh, so we get an introduction like, hey, it's the bride and groom. Here they are. Everybody clap. They'd, they'd been sitting in their waiting room because they rushed from... Like post photos. Well, so we did photos ahead of time. Okay. Best decision. We did yeah. like three afterwards. Uh, photos ahead of time was the way better option. And... So they went, they had a, a waiting room at the reception while everybody showed up because they just immediately left for the ceremony, went straight to there and got to probably sit and like, I don't know, talk to each other for 20 minutes. <laughs> That's an important yeah, thing to do like after you're married. Yeah, for like the first time in days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Uh, so that was, so they did that. They came in, we all clapped. Um, and once the food was ready, the DJ was like, okay, he, and I think this was planned. I don't know. He, he said, okay, we've got table numbers. I'm going to release you by table. You know, we'll do it in small groups so everybody can get there. There's not a massive line. I'll make sense. Right. He goes, and we're going to start with the bride and groom <laughs> uh, because you don't off, always get to eat at your own wedding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, yes, that is definitely the right thing to do. And probably because they haven't eaten all day. Yeah. At Catherine least. had some tacos. Oh, she did? She yeah. was able to eat some tacos? Yeah, because we had those from Taco Bueno. Uh, and so they went and then everybody else said, and I was at the, I was at table like one or two with Catherine. And so we got to go as well very early, which was great. Right. And it was a real good barbecue. Uh, and we had cake afterwards. Um, they, Catherine and Silas had a, a very nice wedding cake. That was just like a small two tier, uh, very expensive, but little wedding cake. And then we bought Costco cakes for everybody else. That's good stuff. So good. We took a Costco cake with us from Dallas as well because there was enough leftover cake that we took a cake with us. Like a whole cheat cake? Yeah, we finished eating it last night. <laughs> How much does a Costco sheet cake cost? Like 30 bucks. Can Can you just buy one of those? If you've got a Costco membership. Like, like I could just buy a sheet cake for myself. Absolutely. Okay. It's a good cake can last you a long time yeah you can probably buy like a half sheet too if you wanted to do that no i'm not interested in that okay <laughs> just one full sheet just cake. One full sheet cake i mean costco cakes were real good yeah those are yeah they're <laughs> fantastic cakes do you ever buy those for like work i feel like that would be a thing in your purview they have yeah they have been bought for work yeah. yeah it's like it's the quintessential like function cake yeah well that, like i said my office gets them when we need cake as well yeah. it's often costco they're, cake. they're so good and no one cares that they're not eating the fancy cake. No. Well, because we looked at like the cost of like additional sheet cakes from the people who made their wedding cake. Mm-hmm. And I was 
four hundred dollars. Yikes! It was like one fifty per cake, so four fifty, I think, because we had three of them, maybe four of them. We had a bunch of cake. I think what? And my dad, my dad was like, "No, that's outrageous. We're buying Costco." Yeah, cakes. just going on, like because everyone likes it. Yeah. Um. I think what we did, we had like we had like a cake, mm-hmm. and it was decent size, so everyone got like a very small piece of the cake. Yeah, and it was incredibly delicious. Yeah, cake. the wedding party got the cake. We all got a slice was, of the main cake. Was it good? Yeah, it was good. Uh, there, were, there was there was a chocolate layer and a strawberry layer, and I had a little bit of both. Like I was blown away by how like genuinely good this mm-hmm. wedding cake was that we had. Um, but I think then we had it wasn't more cake but there was just i forget what it was but there was more dessert of something sure so everyone could just have more of just some dessert and then yeah i had like two slices of costco cake after (laughs) after i had my like my my small wedding party sized piece of cake i then went and had like a couple pieces of costco cake as well um at at miranda's wedding yeah you'll, you'll appreciate this um the the cake it was and it was a big cake so everyone ate out of the big yeah, I think you told cake. me this story already Vanessa yeah <laughs> yeah to it, fix it it was leaning and Vanessa is a cake baker yes and, decorator, and a good one at that a very good one and has done it professionally and yeah done many weddings and this cake was leaning and she was very upset about it <laughs> and would not let it stand she was like Miranda deserves better than this yeah. and went and had to turn the cake so it looked good so it looked proper and correct <laughs> from where it was on the table yeah oh Catherine's wedding cake also had the same topper that was on my parents wedding cake when they got married really yeah which was not a little bride and groom it was a little um stylized fancy cross hmm. um that had actually hung up in like our house for many years did it go back to your house i'm sure or does it stick with Catherine now i don't know that's a good question I'm sure it went back to our house first because Catherine and Silas went on a cruise on the day after their wedding. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was that was a nice little thing too. Was, I like, I like and, there, and there were a lot of like echoes of my parents' wedding um, that Catherine very intentionally did. My sister walked down the aisle to the same thing that my mother did, the same mm. song, which was not like Long Live the Bride. Was it Pitbull? It was not Pitbull. <laughs> uh, it was a trumpeteer. Okay. There was a guy with a trumpet. He played a thing and Catherine walked down the aisle to it. It was good. Oh, like an actual dude playing the trumpet? Yeah, yeah, no, a dude played the trumpet. Mm, okay, I like that. Yeah, it was cool. So yeah, so there were like echoes of my mother's wedding in that, my parents' wedding in that, which Catherine very intentionally did as sort of a, uh, you know, I want to do that too. Yeah. And that was cool. Um, no poinsettias. My parents' wedding had poinsettias everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they got married on December 23rd. Mm. The church was already decorated. They just kept it. <laughs> That's a good time to get married because it's already decorated. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was it was like the only time uh, the best man could get off because he was in the Navy. So. <laughs> so we're getting married two days before Christmas. That's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the wedding was very fun. Um, we had, I mean, I, I'd be missed if I said like all of our friends and family did so much work like making it happen. Like there was a team of I think like 20 people putting the reception together like before the wedding. Like they yeah. were all at the venue, like doing chairs and place settings and, you know, cake uh-huh. and everything like all there that I like, I don't even know what they did, but it was great. Like they were yeah. all there and doing things. Were, how much of the planning was done by, um, 
by Catherine and Silas, or did they have like a planner kind of like doing all the work for oh, them? Oh, they did the majority of the planning. Yeah. Um, so they, they had Lisa, who was our day of coordinator, and so they, they worked with her to sort of talk about what they wanted to do. But she was not a wedding planner, so she was not organizing all of that. So like Catherine and Silas went out and like picked the florist and picked the baker and picked the mm. barbecue. Right. And like did all of that themselves. Um, yeah. And the location. You know, the venue where the reception was at and where the, you know, the service was at. Yeah. And so all of that happened at their hand. Nice. Um, they had books, books to help. <laughs> it's it's an incredible amount of work. It's outrageous. I think my dad did say, like, to me and Amy, like, if you just want to have a party, that's okay, too. <laughs> <laughs> Because we've both been very clear that, like, we don't, like, we don't even want, like, a low-key as of a wedding is what Catherine and Silas had. Well, yeah, <laughs> because right. Because that was too much work. Like, if we ever get married, it's going to be a party. <laughs> like, go to a courthouse and then, like, yeah, hang out with friends. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's, like, because even, even that was just so exhausting. And it was a low-key, relaxed wedding. Yeah, and like, have you be- have you been to high-key weddings? Yes, they're nuts. I couldn't stand it. I went to. I've been to like a three hundred attendee wedding one oh. time, and it was insane. Mm-hmm. It was like, I like I would have. I can't imagine putting something like that together. Like like re- the set aside the cost. Yeah, the right? cost is is its own insurmountable obstacle right like if you're just rich and you can yeah, if you've got all the money yeah fine but like just the amount of work and the amount of detail that goes into like getting 300 people in the same place Ugh. especially because at that scale and with like like mm-hmm. big extended families like you're often like paying and arranging for people to be like flying from around oh, the country yeah. or around the world to like be all in the same place at the same time and it's crazy all the food and the alcohol yeah. that's necessary for that. It's just insane. I can't believe like weddings are that. Yeah. It's, it's a money making business. It sure is. Wedding industrial complex. Amy and I have started watching uh, the show. Adam ruins everything, mm. which is a real fun show. If you have a chance to check it out, I've heard of it. Uh, there's a bunch of clips on YouTube of like much of the episodes. Is there something about weddings? There's an entire episode about weddings. Nice. Um, and like they, he, he addresses the wedding tax, which is that if you put wedding in front of anything, it costs more. Yeah. Wedding venue, wedding cake. Because wedding tablecloths. Can. Yeah. Because don't you want your day to be perfect? Don't you want everything to be the best? <laughs> I mean, it's it's a whole. I mean, it, I I think it's a scam, which is why we bought Costco cakes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a little outrageous. Yeah, and I'm not against like paying for things, but the fact that a cake made by someone who makes wedding cakes costs more if it is a wedding cake. Yeah, and yeah, and it there's no I I can't. I don't think there's a real justifiable reason at all for that. Other it's, than the almighty dollar. It's just because Captive they can. audience, yeah. Yeah, it's just because they can. Societal pressure, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was my wedding experience. Very fun, very exhausting. Having to like drive back on Sunday and then go to work on Monday was like, oh. 
Oh, yeah. It was rough. It's like I did not, it was not a vacation. I did not, t- I took time off, but I did not get to vacate. Yeah, there wasn't much uh, downtime. No. Yeah, that's how weddings are. Yeah. When was the last time you took like a vacation? Uh, we went to the beach. Oh, right. Okay. In that was, like that May. was a week? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was very recent. Yeah. I've been thinking about this. Because I feel like I need a vacation. You do need a vacation. I feel like I need a vacation. When was the last time you took a vacation? So in February, I visited my family in Florida. But that was like an event, wasn't it? Like somebody was getting born. Uh, It was, we all got to see the new granddaughter. Okay. Who was born in November. Yeah. Um, Or December? I don't know. Mm. I'm sorry, mom. It's okay, the baby doesn't know. Um. Yeah, we all got to see the granddaughter for the first time, which was like the thing. But yeah. there was only like four days. Yeah. Um, and before that, I was in last August. I went to Maine again to visit family mm-hmm. for just under a week. Yeah. I think like six days. But I have like I looked recently and I have like. A hundred and twenty something Whoa. hours of vacation time available. So right, so like I could take a you vacation. could take a vacation. Um, but I'm st- I'm stuck. Yeah, I'm stuck in this limbo because I'm trying to get a new job. Yeah, still at Apple. Yeah, I I don't think I told you this. I got a second interview finally. Oh, good. So I did a, I did, I applied for this position. You did a first interview like a month ago? In, months? On June 9th or 10th or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they called me. I had no contact. Yeah. And then they called me on Thursday. Oh, wow. The 20-something, 29th, 28th. Um, and I had a second interview on Friday. Cool. I think it went well. I'm gonna, good. I'll hear back in a week or two, they okay. told me. So, you know, maybe another five months. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> um, Time is irrelevant. But I don't want to, I can't, I feel like I can't take a, va- like request a vacation <laughs> right for soonish because I might have to start a new job yeah. before I can take that vacation and then I'll, it doesn't count. Like I, yeah. they, I won't keep the vacation request if I have to start a new job. You might. I might, but also like I can't, I don't want to start a brand new job and then immediately leave for a vacation. I did that. Like that's <laughs> when I started my job. Really? Like not immediately, but like within a month. Like it seems like bad form. It was. I so, did it anyway. So I'd like to avoid that. Yeah. And then the other thing is if I do get the job, I want I want I feel like I need to be in my current one for as much as as much time as possible to like prepare for my departure. Sure. So the only way I'm going to take a vacation soon is if I don't get the job. Yeah. Well, you you're going to stop accruing time eventually. Oh, you don't stop accruing time until like 300 something hours. It used to be 250. I think it's 300. Okay. Double check. Okay. I mean like I I'm, I'm a ways away. You're off, but but I like I recently crossed five years at Apple. Yeah, so and now you, you're building it up like crazy. Like my vacation time is just racing forward. Yeah. Like I can't I can't keep up with it. Yeah. Um, which is a great problem to have. Absolutely. Like I can feel like I can just take as much vacation as I could ever want. I can take that much vacation. Oh, yeah, that's because you have a real real big boy adult job. I mean I have I have a startup tech job. <laughs> it's bigger than a big boy adult job. <laughs> Unlimited PTO. Um 
but right so i think if if i don't get this job yeah my consolation prize to myself is i might take a three-week vacation do it (laughs) um like all i want like i just want like a week off yeah but i can't take that week off until Until this is done like if i do start the new job like i might try like i might give it like maybe i will give it a month or two Mm -hmm. and then take a week yeah but if you don't, you're taking a big old vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. But if I if I do, um, like I just I just need a week. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I yeah. just need like one week. Walk away of downtime because I've those previous trips that I've had right like in yeah. in February and in last August mm-hmm. a year ago now like those did not feel like vacations very yeah. much. I was very busy. I was active. I was traveling and yeah very engaged with family and activities the whole entire time and i would really love a week to just like read a book like wake up and go what should i do today yeah every day for seven days it'd be nice yeah it's a solid plan yeah i need like my version of like go to the beach and read books yeah this wine is making me sleepy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Can you go to bed? Take a little nap. What time is it? Yeah, it's almost eight o'clock. It's uh, it's about my bedtime. Yeah, I should go to sleep. Oh.